Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Imagine, if you will, a place where the macabre and humor flow amicably. A place where UFOs land and monsters are real. A place where you say to yourself, I want to believe. I want to believe. Welcome to the I Want to Believe podcast. I'm Lamar Slavik. I'm Kyle Sawyer. And we've got another juicy little episode for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> S2E2, we're getting juicy already, buddy. I don't know about that. But But again, another quick reminder, all of our episodes have been recorded and edited, and you can get them all Netflix style, so by all means, binge away, blah, blah, blah. Also, all of our I Want to Believe social media and email will be listed in the show notes. So, Kyle, we have discussed Sasquatch on our show before, arguably in season one, episode one, when we talked about the missing 411 phenomena but also in S1E10 when we had Bill Brock on to tell a story of a Sasquatch investigation that he was on in Florida. And then we discussed and shared some stories on the Sasquatch UFO connection. But this time, we're talking about Soldier Boy. No, we're, we're not actually talking about Soldier Boy. Okay, well, I wish there was a Soldier Boy slash Sasquatch story. Maybe there is, who knows, but what I am talking about- If there, if there is, we get we Sol- get soldier boy reach out to us yeah yeah get, like like soldier boy is listening to this of course he is stuff. anyway anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh, what i am talking about are sasquatch encounters on military bases this fellow is military veteran we got to keep his identity hid a little bit because he is supposed to keep some of this secret he did sign some stuff to remain confidential about the information that he's going to share. One of the reasons he's wanting to come forward is because he feels like that uh, he's got to share this information before he's gone from this earth. These stories come to us by way of the Mysterious Universe website, reported by Brent Swanser, and it would seem appropriate to start in the Pacific Northwest of Washington State. This encounter occurred at the Fort Lewis Army Military Installation in 1978. Kyle, if you would. A soldier named Edwin Godoy and numerous other soldiers were heading back to base from a training exercise. The training lasted all day, and night had fallen on the traveling platoon mates. Swanser writes, The truck allegedly, suddenly and without warning, sputtered to a halt at around 8pm and could not be restarted prompting the others to venture back to base on foot. Since Godoy had been the one to sign out the truck that day, he stayed behind alone to keep an eye on the vehicle until it could be towed away in the morning. That sucks. As he sat there by himself in the dark surrounded by the spooky sounds of the nighttime forest, a little after midnight, Godoy's attention was allegedly drawn to a massive figure skulking about and looming near a stand of trees about 300 meters away. As he stared, he could make out that whatever it was was very tall and broad and covered with what looked like hair all over its body and rather eerily possessing eyes that seemed to glint or glow. The figure was described as swinging its body sideways and staring directly at the lone frightened witness. 
things got rather harrowing when this hulking brute purportedly began to break out into a run directly towards Godoy, who would describe the following dramatic events. Holy shit, this is crazy. Godoy is quoted as saying, That thing started running towards me, so I shouted a halt three times, asking that thing to stop and identify itself. As it wouldn't reply, I made a first shot to the air, and then I shot at him or, or it, I don't know how to call it. The hairy thing grabbed its chest and emitted a loud moan, stopped, and then ran to his right, disappearing into the forest. Dude, this guy's claiming to have shot a Sasquatch, a military guy who's on duty. That's nuts. Yeah, it is, cause, especially because like they have to keep track of everything that they do. Yeah. Like, it's very regimented. They have to basically account for any, like, ammunition that they right, use right, or right. anything like that. For for someone in the military to claim that this is what they were doing with their missing ammunition is, is a little odd. It is. The craziness of that incident continues on. Godoy was left there alone in the night, surrounded by trees, terrified. After thinking of what to do as he could not leave the truck unattended, he decided to get in it and lock himself inside. Swanser writes... He was well aware that this would be little protection from the enormous hairy beast, which was probably none too happy about having been shot. There would be no sleep for him that night, and when the tow truck arrived at 6am in the morning, he was still there, wide-eyed and clutching his weapon close. Wow, dude. I know we love this type of stuff, but I would have been terrified. What about you, man? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you got this gigantic creature. You never know how it's going to react. Yeah, I know, I know. That's just crazy. Continuing with the story, when Godoy told the tow truck mechanics what had transpired the previous evening, they skeptically went to where the thing had been standing and, much to their surprise, found very large footprints pressed into the ground by something massive and heavy. Even more surprising was blood found on the ground, which was assumed to have been that of the wounded monster. This is where the whole story gets even more bizarre. According to Godoy, the mechanics made a secretive radio call and not long after, a group of men in what appeared to be lab coats and thick rubber gloves descended upon the area, taking samples of blood and making casts of the footprints. The whole time, Godoy claims that he was not allowed to speak to anyone at all, and that he was kept to the side away from what was going on. This perplexed Godoy and was then whisked away to the base hospital, but rather than be looked at by the usual medical staff, he was examined by a doctor who was from the Air Force. Well that's really odd because this is an army base, so what the fuck is the Air Force there for? Hmm, that is interesting. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what, what the deal is there. I mean, it could be definitely something explainable. I mean, sure. You know, I mean, it could be that they were short staffed for the night and they just happen to have this guy. And I'm sure they work well together. And if a team needs assistance, they'll come in, you know? Yeah. So somehow, Godoy found out that this Air Force doctor was ranked as a full colonel which is interesting. Hmm. And Godoy said that the doctor wholeheartedly believed his story and, quote, seemed very interested in every last detail of the encounter. Hmm. Swanser also wrote, the mysterious doctor was particularly concerned with any anomalous physical symptoms that Godoy may have been experiencing, such as headaches, dizziness, or tingling sensation, of which the witness had none. Godoy was then thoroughly examined and had blood, skin, and urine samples carefully collected, after which he was told to return to his barracks and told in no uncertain terms to never mention a word of what had happened to him. 
This all gets even more far out still when Godoy was apparently later approached by a hospital worker by the name of L. Robles who seemed to come to him secretly and allegedly said, I together with two other guys had to analyze the blood samples taken from the ground, and we know you are the soldier involved because it was stated as such in the report. What the hell was it you shot out there? When we examined the blood samples, we found out three weird things in it. The blood contained human blood cells, animal blood cells, and chlorophyll. Godoy said nothing. Wow, that's really crazy, man. Godoy learned nothing more of the event and why all those people were interested in Counter, he, he just didn't know and he didn't say anything to anyone for quite some time. It wasn't until many years later that he opened up to a paranormal researcher and shared his story in full. That is definitely, definitely odd, especially the uh, the three different types of uh, like cells in yeah. the in it. I suppose chlorophyll, like if they scraped it off the ground, there could have been some like cross-contamination or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And you think they would have taken that into account, I, I would. I would think so, yeah. I mean, especially if this guy is one of the guys that's supposed to be researching this. Yeah, uh, you yeah. Know. But some of this does come off as a bit anecdotal. In reading it, I was fascinated, but some of it, I'm reading it from a, a, an entertainment perspective. I'm not saying that this guy's making up a story or anything, but it reads a little too good to be true you know yeah i mean like just going over this story it seems very much like something you'd be able to picture as like a tv show or something like yeah that. like almost like uh, ghosted <laughs> you know throw a little bit of comedy in there this military guy claims to have shot this monster and then freaking daryl and uh, the other guy what's his name adam scott and uh, daryl's uh, craig robinson <laughs> but they go out and check it out and then hilarity ensues like it kind of plays like that but again this is not as many pieces of the puzzle as the first episode that we went over where you know you had a police chief involved and there was some physical evidence that we could actually get our hands on it just seemed more of a puzzle that you could kind of put together and, and it comes across as a bit more realistic this one is really just the story that he shared many years later and all too often especially in a lot of my research that's all you got you got a witness and you got a story and then it's up to the researcher to put some of those pieces together. And, and part of that is if you can meet with that witness in person and you can look in their eye and you can hear the tone in their voice and you can read their body language. Like I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when this guy was meeting with a paranormal researcher. And I hope this researcher is legitimate and just didn't hear this wild story and then just posted it online. I hope there was some due diligence that happened here, you know, mm -hmm. to try to get more of a record of what happened to this guy. Cause you rarely hear about anything like Sasquatch related or paranormal related in regards to hauntings. You don't come across a lot of that. Yeah. Not, not too much about that. And uh, honestly, you have to wonder about as odd as it may sound, like we don't hear a lot about it because of all the paperwork that would be involved in, in doing <laughs> that. Like some of the guys might be like, you know what? I've seen some weird stuff, but it's not worth it's, the hassle. It's not worth the hassle. <laughs> it's not worth potentially being like discharged. Discharged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Court martial. Right, right. And these are government run organizations. So the reason we might not hear about them very often is they're just covering them up as they happen, which was exactly what was described in this case. Right. You know, so I guess you never know what to make of it. But as always, we leave it up to you. Looks like you got a little message there, buddy. <laughs> Apparently I did. <laughs> the link to the whole story will be in 
the show notes so you can read uh, the whole story and many more in full if you want to check it out but that's all i got you got anything else man no no that was great thanks for uh, listening to episode two of season two e2 of- in the books uh-huh. all right till next time <laughs> this is why I'm saying just record something and just put it in. Shut the, it. We could even record our intro. What, can we, can you, do you not want to do any work? Just come on. You got it? I've already fucked it up. You have. Hold that properly. I'm holding it. It's There's tons of... Oh my God. Are you holding it by the cable? No. Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' Refreshers.